Can anything good come from Nazareth? Ever feel small, unimportant, or feel like you can't be used to make an impact? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Mallory. And I'm Holly. And welcome to Small Town Big Kingdom. We believe even small people from small places can be used for His big kingdom. So come and join two friends as we navigate how to be used in this world while trying to grow deeper, more intimate relationships with Christ and those around us. Through open and honest conversations about real-life struggles, we hope to dive deeper into His Word and how we can apply it to the small places and spaces of our lives. So click subscribe and join us as we chat with Bibles open and coffee in hand. Good morning, everybody. Welcome Hi. back. <laughs> um, we're going to start, I'm going to start this episode off by asking a couple of questions that obviously you cannot answer where we can hear, but I feel like Holly will probably answer them for you. <laughs> so, do you ever feel exhausted? Yes. Emotionally drained from stress of being a mama, a wife, a friend? A human. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you ever feel guilty for feeling that way? Yes. So one thing that I've been rapping, trying to, probably Satan's been making me feel guilty about, but um, if I'm truly living God's calling and what he's calling me to do, is it bad for me to feel that way? And I feel like the answer is no, but I make myself feel bad for it, if that makes sense. My answer is definitely no, because God says, and I'll have to look up the the actual verse, but Jesus does promise that when you're living your life through Christ and with the Holy Spirit and you're following his steps like he calls us to, that you will, he promises that that, that you will have suffering and you will have um, persecution, so... So, but we also can find, I feel like you can also find some sense of, um, confirmation, I guess you'd say that when you are, you know, doing what God's called you to do and maybe facing persecution or facing stress or exhaustion from it, that you, um, you're on the right path that when you're that's Satan trying yeah. to knock you down. Yeah, that when you're do when you're on the right path, that's when Satan will attack or um come after you. So yeah, like if you're you can kind of get a sense of joy and and com- confirmation from that. If you have your mind where it needs to be. Yeah. Because there are days where the attacks feel so heavy that you don't see the other side and I think that's where we get kind of stuck like I've been in that mindset I feel like for the past couple weeks and not in like a I'm mad at you God kind of way but like just okay why does it have to be so hard why does life have to be so hard why does this have to be so difficult like I'm doing all the things you ask I'm I, I feel like I'm bringing joy to the kingdom and you know, shining a light on God in the way that I'm living my life, my life, clearly not 
all the time because I'm not perfect. But like, why does the other parts have to be so difficult? Why does it have to be so emotionally draining and physically draining? Just And so like, I've been just going through a process of like, okay, I'm, I'm still hanging on here, God. Like I'm still putting it in your hands. I'm still trying to pray through it, but like, I don't see the end. And that's the part that's difficult sometimes when we're in a storm and we can't see the end. We're just stressed out in general. Yeah. And like, okay, where is there ever an end to this? Like, does life ever get unstressful? Does the situations or the circumstances ever become not so stressful? And it's hard when you don't see the end in that. Well, and so Mallory and I have these conversations all the time. And I think um, we're, we're dealing with different things in our lives. And like, I have a few friends that are dealing with things and she and I say it all the time, like, God's like Alexa, and he's listening to us, which he will, he's always done that, but I feel like when when you're living your life following Christ, you start to notice them and pick up on them more, but... You ignore them to some extent. Yeah, you don't pay attention to them, but, but now it's like... Crazy. It never fails. Like, if I talk to her, I, I'm struggling with something, it's like he throws a sermon or a song or a Bible verse or a devotion, like he'll just drop it in front of me the next day or a couple of days later. And um, and it may be something not meant for you personally, but meant for, meant for the person somebody who's going you, through yeah, that. Somebody, you know, going through something. So that very thing happened this week and we feel like it's Twice, just, yeah, actually, we feel like it's just something that, um, other people can benefit from and that, um, relates a lot to Christmas because Chris, let's all face it, Christmas can be stressful. So, um, the, the verse is Psalms 126.5 and Mallory's going to read it. It says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. This popped up on our Bible app and I saw it and had been crying all day Sunday <laughs> and was like, Thanks, Jesus. Now I re- now I know what all these tears that I cry every single day of my life are for. <laughs> Songs of joy. <laughs> and so I sent it to Holly, and she's like, I already saw it. I already shared it with somebody else. Like, it's just so... And, like, when I read it and I saw it, I laughed out loud, literally, because I was like, gosh, darn it, you did it again. I know. Like- <laughs> well, and I just think that, you know, like, even tears... It doesn't say so with tears of sorrow or so with tears of stress. It just says so with tears. And so we can all relate to that verse because let's face it, you know, if you've had sorrow or stress or pain or joy, I mean, we've all cried tears. And um, to know that those tears are going to be used to grow our joy is just so... um, It's so hard to understand understand in the moment. Yeah, but... but so promising. And, yeah. And God's promises, when he promises us something, he never not delivers on his promises. Another thing that is crazy is we have a girl, and I don't, we didn't ask her, but I'm sure she won't mind for us to share a few of her words. But um, she actually is a woman that we both look up to spiritually, yeah. and she's probably young. Our age, she's younger than me. Yeah, she's probably about my age. But um, she's been encouraging to us about our podcast, and it's I don't think that she realizes when she sends <laughs> us the messages how much we needed them. But um, she just was kind of encouraging us and telling, and I want to read 
one part that she said because I just feel like it's so important for us to hear. And of course, when she sent us this, me and Holly were on the phone with each other and Holly read it and then I was crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but it's okay. And it's when you step out in big faith and start impacting the world for the kingdom of God, the devil gets nervous. He starts to attack and have you question and doubt yourself and your purpose. I think that small town big kingdom is impacting others for Christ in a way that makes the devil want to shut y'all down. Recognize any difficult situations as the devil at work. It's still hard and still hurts, but you have the armor of God. You will not be defeated and the devil won't win. He is a lying liar who lies. I love that line. (laughs) He desperately wants to steal your joy. He cannot in the name of Jesus. And then another little tidbit she said was, secondly, God makes all things perfect in his way. When we focus on the list to get done, that's all we think about and feel overwhelmed. But when we focus on him, he somehow makes our list shorter or sends things our way that don't even make sense but are perfectly orchestrated by him to give us peace and joy through his goodness, not our own grit and effort. Because of that, my life does feel like a Hallmark movie because he has directed a Holy Spirit-led, godly, magic kind of Christmas like only he can do. It's just... Well, and I just feel like it's... God plays that on her heart. Of course that directly, you know, relates to what we talked about last week and I think this verse that we were talking about, that... You know, like right now, you may be preparing for Christmas and things are stressful and you may have tears or because of families getting together and that's stressful or financial issues due to Christmas or... Or family members who aren't here anymore. Right. Or time constraint issues and um, our need for like the holiday season to be somewhat perfect is just stressful and... um the amazing thing to me, though, about the holiday season, and I think what links the, this verse that fell in our lap to the holiday season is joy in Jesus and how um, the birth of Jesus brought so much hope to the world. He was the hope. and um, In such a horror, like... The yeah. circumstances what, that they were in were so horrible. Yeah. And why? Mary had to be stressful. She had she had to be stressed yeah. out. She had to be crying. I mean, I'm sure she was sewing very... A and lot I don't of, know if you've ever been in a stable, but they're not clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as, as she went through the pain, and I think like all of us do, as you get through the pain and you get past that, you don't remember the pain. You just remember the joy. And I'm sure Christ doesn't think, dang, look at all the pain I had to go through on to the save cross. all of these people yeah. who are ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, that is, how selfish are we to live our lives like with all of these, oh, pity me because yeah, my friend's bad at me or this or that. And, you know, Christ was born in a stable and died on a cross for us and to bring joy to our lives. To bring joy. And I told Mallory a while ago, we were driving, and I was like, you know, I really am learning that. I know we've always just said I'm happy, and you kind of think happiness and joy are the same thing. But I'm really, really starting to learn that they're not. Because happiness is solely based on your happenings, the things outside, and the things that are happening around you. And joy. Happiness is circumstantial. It is, yeah. Um, And joy is not. Joy can't be touched by the things outside of you, but it's. Um, within you and yeah it comes from Christ within you and not those around you and um 
I think that's why, I mean, even though we're living a Christ-filled life as to the best that we can, and maybe to some our lives may look perfect, I promise you they're not, we still have struggles every day and things that we have to go through. And there's some things that I will be straight up honest with you. I'm like, I don't know that I can get through this. I cannot handle this anymore. I'm depressed. I am anxious. I am all the things, but I can tell you that may for a moment, I may feel that way. But after that, if uh, I, yeah. that joy that I continuously have creeps back in and I'm reminded by Christ that it is going to be okay. Yeah. This is so well, that's, that's exactly what that verse is. That's when you're sowing those seeds, those tears and that sorrow are sowing seeds for joy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, and that's, and like I said, that's not to say that in the, in the situation, it's not defeating because I promise you it feels that way. I mean, we all go through it and there's, I mean, that's not downplaying anything anybody goes through, but once you take a step back and take a deep breath and realize you're not alone and that joy is still there and that Christ still forgives you and the circumstance will pass, it's just, I don't know, it kind of feels like a hug from Jesus. Well, <laughs> and thankfully we have that joy because without, without Jesus' birth, we wouldn't have the hope and the joy that we mm-hmm. were able to have now, so... Thanks for tuning in with us this week, y'all. And I think um, next week we will have another like little short episode. And then I think we're going to take a week off through the new year. And we'll be back to see you again after that. So until next week. Merry Christmas. I'm sure it was around Christmas. You caught on to that because you texted us. (laughs) (laughs) You are a little all over the place. (laughs) Okay. Alright, um, you start, you open this up. Okay, I'll just hit record and we'll edit out this um, beginning part. But uh, Welcome back, guys. We are so blessed today that we get the pleasure of interviewing, interviewing a really good friend of ours, Hillary Heitzman. She um, is a local here where we are from, and to me, she's just such a big inspiration as both a mother, a friend, and um, a sister in Christ. So, we would like to introduce Hillary. Hey, y'all. Thank you for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I listen every week. Yay! <laughs> we love that. We're so excited that you listen. And she's really good. She's like one of the few that's really good about um, sending us messages and giving us input or direction or what And also she knows when we're... Uh... Yeah, or when we need encouragement because yeah. we're really doubting what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, she's really good about that. The Spirit must really um, speak to her when, when we need it. Well, I, re- I recognize it because I've seen it in myself. So when I hear, you know, there's certain things you hear and you're like, oh, I feel that. I know exactly what you're talking about. So then it's easy to send a word of encouragement because I know, I know what you're feeling. So, Well, we both were talking, I guess, a few weeks ago, and we've been wanting to kind of interview somebody on our podcast we're going to try to start doing it maybe once a month or so. But um, she has been through a lot, which she can elaborate on in just a minute. And we just was we were just thinking, and we were like, she would be awesome to have on here. She is someone that we both look up to in faith. And um, 
can just be a real inspiration for, I feel like, anybody who was listening. So, Hillary, you get started. <laughs> okay. Well, thank y'all for having me. I really was honored that y'all would even ask me to come. Um, I like listening. I think y'all do a good job of bouncing ideas off each other. And I always take something away, something that I want to focus on. So, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for being obedient to God, because it's not easy. No. No. It's not. I know. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I'm Hillary Heitzman. I am married to my best friend, Mike. We've been married for 15 years this past Yay, December. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we have five kids. Yes, Sheesh. you heard right. <laughs> five. Our oldest is 12. He's in middle school, so that's fun. And then... <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's fun. And then our youngest is four. And I used to think I knew a lot until Jason started middle school, uh, yeah, so, yeah. yay. Now you know nothing. Now I know nothing. <laughs> so that's fun, too. Um, so I have always grown up in the church. I attended um, Osceola United Methodist Church as a young child, and we, um, was I supposed to say that? No, it's fine. Okay. Um, my family and I attended there, and I attended there until I moved away, and then Mike and I came back and got married in that church, and then we lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a few years, started our family there, and then a position opened up in Osceola, and so I got the opportunity to move back home. Mike wasn't so sure that that's what God had planned for us, <laughs> but then we got here, and my husband's Y'all are stuck here now, so. Yeah, he's a chameleon, because he could just fit in anywhere. He is. He's so good. Yeah, when we got here, I was like, wait, hold on, you fit in better than me. (laughs) What? How did that that happen? happen? (laughs) And then he was like, teacher of the year, and now he's a principal, and like all these things. Wait a minute. Okay, so that's a a ride. Good for you for living your best life. I'll just stay on the sidelines. That could be a whole other podcast that I should talk to y'all about. But um, I started serving at our church there, and. There wasn't really an active kids ministry yet at that point. There were like some that people would do some things, but it wasn't like consistent. Yeah. So we started that back up because I started ministry at that church as a college student. I started teaching preschool, Sunday school. And I remember very vividly the thing that kept me going was one of my students, we were talking about it being Pentecost. And I, they were not listening to me. These were three and four year olds. They didn't care <laughs> about Pentecost or what the fire or any of it. So I was like, all right, whatever. What, let's do something else. So we, you know, we got done with our lesson and we were in church and they, the pastor called them all down for children's church. And he said, does anybody know what Pentecost is? And one of my little girls raised her hand and said, it's when we got the, the Holy Spirit. And I was You're like, like, yes. She, she learned that from me. <laughs> <laughs> she heard it. Yes. I mean, it was, it was cool. So then I already had two of my own kids when we moved back here and started the youth ministry back up, our kids ministry. We did Sunday school and just kind of grew, and I did that for eight years. Mm-hmm. So in May of 2022, I resigned from that position. Um, last year, my my word of the year was kind of obedience, and I was trying to find where God was asking me to be obedient, and I felt like I had, I kept doing things just because, but one of the areas, I wanted my kids to learn from other people, mm-hmm. and I felt like... It was obedient of me to let it go, even though I wasn't really sure I wanted to. Um, well, let me ask you. So, yeah. you said that one of, your, one of your words of the year was obedience. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Mallory and I are strive to, to be obedient. I struggle with, am I really hearing you, God? So, do you have... Oh, yeah. Do you have, like, 
tips that like is there something where you know like God is telling me to do this versus like I kind of get the feeling that I should do it oh yes well because I have a lot of ideas yeah I mean I'm like my husband at this point he's like okay men just like I'm like I'm gonna start a t-shirt line and a this and a that and like I keep texting Mallory all these things that are like popping in my brains Mm -hmm. and then I'm like is and is that Holly I know I think that is one of the hardest things as a Christian to like want to be so bad in the will of God and then not sure yes which direction to go but here's what I know 100% as long as you truly desire to be in the will of God you can never be outside of it we listened to a podcast that kind of said something Mm -hmm. along those lines and I heard that also and if it's glorifying to him Maybe it's not 100% his will. His will, right. But it is glorifying to him, so at what point could it be harmful, I guess, would be the word to use there. And I think the number one thing that I have implemented or the number one way I see that I can hear from God better is by having daily quiet time. Yeah. Daily quiet time helps me to focus my thoughts. I still might have the ideas and I still might tell my husband and I still might have a five-point plan to get it done. (laughs) But at the end of the day, if it's not God's will, it fizzles out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it doesn't come to fruition. And in the meantime, it occupies I think that's my how, I think, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I feel like we, we have lots of things fizzle out. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I go through phases too, and I've told Mallory this, like, I've had an idea to do something, and I keep praying for more. Like, I did it a little bit, and I keep praying for more, and then I keep hearing God go, but you didn't really do anything with the little bit I gave you. Well, like, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like I gave you this little bit, but you want you want big things to happen, and I gave you a little bit, and you didn't really do what I wanted you to do with the little. And so. that is definitely one of the things that I struggle with in my life because, and and something God's been working on me with, especially with the obedience, and obedience and discipline have kind of gone hand in hand last year and this year, and I'm, I'm definitely still working on my discipline, but, um, I think. But I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but um, when he asks us to do something, we want it to be big. We mm-hmm. want it to be a big yeah. impact. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just, I just want you to, to, to clean up after your kids today. Oh, I don't want yeah. to do it again. <laughs> to the glory of God, yes, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it again. The monotony I'm, is killing me. I've done it. Yeah. And they still leave the mess. But just do the dishes. Just not tell your husband that you've picked up his clothes again. Yeah, I may you have know. done that this week. I may have. <laughs> I, may I, may have too. I may have too. Lo- I may have lost it on Sunday after church. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still lose it. It's just one of those things that he's whispering to me. Like, I need you to be obedient and disciplined enough just to do this thing, this small thing, because it's for now, not forever. This is a, a mantra I've been saying to myself. This is for now, not forever. And I can't move on to what he ha- what else he has for me. If you're focusing on that. If I'm just focusing on that. Well, and we've had lots of conversations like this. In heaven, men will be doing laundry and they will be <laughs> loving it. Yeah. I think and so. they will also be cleaning up after us the whole time. <laughs> I feel like that is what is going to happen. God's going to fix that. He's going to be like, good job, women. Men have to do it for forever. You only had to do it for a little while. (laughs) Something to hope for, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so back on okay. track. Yes. So in the course of all this time of me going to church and then working at um, the Methodist Church in the youth, I did have some struggles. I had I was diagnosed with leukemia when my second child was. Um, well, first, before that, you were told you could never have kids. Oh, when I was 15, I was told I would never have kids. I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And do you have five? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Never listen to man tell you you can't. They're right. all oh, amazing. Man. It kind of makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should just see it at home. <laughs> okay, but when I was like 21, I saw a doctor, and he was very ugly to me. And he was like, you're never going to have kids. Like, you realize that, Do you right? send him a Christmas card? I you? really want to. If I remember his name, <laughs> I'd be like, look what God's yeah. done here. So, I had, I did have kids. That was like a walk and talking miracle right there. And then, um, I had leukemia when Mala was two months, three months old. I was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and there are so many God winks in that whole story. That's a whole other thing. And then, after that, um, I always knew, like... I, I just knew that I couldn't have kids. So I, di- I didn't have a number in my head, but I didn't feel like we were done. But we had always talked about fostering or adopting because my husband's family, he had close family and friends that were adopted. So we were like, okay, that's our path. Well, then we had kids. And so then we were like, all right, well, we're not done, but this is just, God's got something else. So we were, we started fostering classes in Florida and I started feeling sick. We dropped out of the classes because of the length of time and how young our kids were. We we had some concerns about mm-hmm. them being able to handle kids in and out of our yeah. house who they loved as a brother or sister. Right. So we decided it wasn't the right time. But then um, I was feeling sick and I thought that the medicine that I was on had caused another form of cancer, like something going on in my stomach. So my yeah, husband's sure like, <laughs> take a pregnancy test. And I was like, are you crazy? I've been on all this medicine. I can't get pregnant. And he's like, I just... Were you in remission at this point? Yes, I was okay. in remission. But I had literally been off the chemo, the, the one-year chemo, for November, December, January. Three months. Got knocked up. Yep. So, <laughs> apparently, because this was this was late in March when I thought, I'm done. Um, and Mike insisted I take a pregnancy test. And I was like, how like you to think... Yeah, that I'm pregnant. That I'm dying. That you were the chosen one for this to happen. <laughs> so I took a pregnancy test and then I almost passed out because it was positive. And I was overjoyed when I came around, but um, you're like really definitely mean. shocked. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. The chemo that I was on was supposed to make me infertile, but I'd just like to say I had three more since that chemo. So then um, we had Edie, who was four, and. In 2001, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And honestly, what I learned after my battle with leukemia changed how I responded to the breast cancer Wait, diagnosis. What year was did you get breast cancer? 2021. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's been a... Yeah. Um, so, there's been things... My walk with God has progressed since that. Well, here's here's what I'm gonna do. And every single time that you that something like this has happened, they've told you, okay, your option is you're not gonna have kids. This is the route we have to go because that's what they told you with the breast cancer too, right? This last time. Yes, and I am right not having any more children. Fortunately, <laughs> five is good. It's, it's good. shut down. So 
But it's just crazy that that kept being, like, put into your life. Yeah. And you have five children. Like, five. five. Yeah. When God says it. God kept allowing <laughs> men to speak no to you, and he kept saying, but just wait. But wait, because I just want to tell you, like, this is the thing that gives me chills. This is the thing that... I didn't expect to get choked up, but like, oh, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> um, God's always been there, and when I was three, all I could say is that I want to be a mama. When they would ask me what I want to be, I want to be a mama. So at 15, when they said you won't have kids, I thought that's all I want to do. Yeah, that's all. Like, how could that you I do want? This, yes. And I didn't even have a relationship enough with God to to, to question. test him or question him at that point. But before I even thought of questioning, he already had the answer. Mm -hmm. He already knew. And that just, his goodness just, it, it wrecks me. Um, which leads me to, I, I do want to tell you, I'm going to use scripture. Um, I've been asked to give my testimony before. And, and before, uh, when I would give my testimony, it was all about that experience and experience. But I realize now, looking back, that my testimony is ongoing. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more than a single. It's living. It's, isn't it it's hard living. to like? It is. It into, it's just it's so, so much. much, and I could take and I'm I'm like you know, go off on a tangent. But um, I recently, my my husband's pastor in a church right now. It's a small country church, and I get to fill the pulpit sometimes. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes I told him. I love to hate it <laughs> because, yeah. like, I'm like, yes, I have a message. And then immediately I'm like, nope, cancel that. I can't do it. The dread and the fear. I can't do can't. it. <laughs> and then I've, I've started realizing that's the voice of the devil mm -hmm. trying to trying to give me fear. And so I just keep rebuking that. And that no, you're a liar. Get out. Don't I'm not you love opportunities like that? Mallory and I are falling in love with those moments where it's like God's asking you to do something and Yes, it's like the most frightening, like palpable feeling of fear. Fear, yes. But those are the moments that, like, we're like, we're just looking for those that we can say yes to because we bit. can pray the hardest in those yeah. moments, and then the peace that comes over you, that and the like, you actually get to see that he answers the rewards. Absolutely, it's just well, awesome. and so. For me, it's I don't know the Bible as well as most people that stand behind a pulpit. I don't. I, I'm learning. But that's the lie that the devil tells me. You don't even know enough to stand up. But what I love is that feeling after I've stood up and somebody has told me, I learned something new today. Or mm -hmm. that was incredible. Or I really felt like God was leading you. And then I'm like, God did that. That wasn't yeah. me. He just, I was. Well, and it's almost like an out of body. I know that sounds crazy, but out of body yeah. experience. Well, it because is. that's like it is for us. After after it happens, I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Like, we call, I call it my Holy Spirit drunk or my Holy Spirit high. <laughs> like, I love feeling that way. <laughs> so, I, I want to answer that with something from Paul. In Acts chapter 22, I did a sermon um, a few weeks ago, maybe months at this point. And um, he outlines four points for telling your testimony. And it doesn't have to be all these mm -hmm. tangents. It mm -hmm. can be succinct. And he calls it his defense. So in Acts 22, I'm not going to read all of the scripture, but I'm just going to tell you that my, the first point that he does, the, th the first thing he tells him. So they're trying to arrest Paul mm -hmm. in this point. And, and if you don't know Paul, um, he's my hero. 
He was... Talk about a 180. Yes. <laughs> smart, smart man. Like, yeah. way smarter than I could ever be. And he was so educated. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew all the things about Jewish law. Roman. Mm-hmm. Well, he and was, he was, like, all the things that you're supposed to be to be, like, the highest of right. the community he was, at he was time. doing things right. Right. And, and he came from the right lineage and everything. All those things. So then he has an encounter with God, sees the error in his ways, and becomes, like... The greatest evangelist to ever live. He, After being, him being a Roman is why yeah. it exploded and went all over mm-hmm. the gospel. So he gives us four points. In verses three through five, he told us about his life before Christ. He says that he was a Jew born in Tarsus and city in a city in Cilicia. And I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws. So he tells us specifically about who he was. He he was he the best was, of the best. He was the best of the best. He was trained by the best. And and that was his life before Christ. So let me just follow his example and tell you my life before Christ. In all of these things, yes, I can look back now and see God. But I can tell you before I had an encounter with God. And it was a lot later than it should have been considering I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was controlling. Probably not a lot of fun to be around. It's probably miserable more than I was content or happy, I looked to situations or circumstances to bring me joy, and I did not understand a relationship with Jesus Christ. I I went to church, checked the box, um, prayed with my husband sometimes. Um, Oh, well, that's unexpected. I didn't think you'd say it was that far. Oh, yeah, so. That far into your life. Um, yeah, so I lost my uncle three months after we got married, and I was already, I was working at a nursing home, I was already had some depressive tendencies, some depressive characteristics of my personality, and, um, when I lost my uncle, he was young, he died in a car accident, I mean young, he was 49, um, I was mad, and I, and I had lost a, 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 friend that was like a brother so there had been loss in my life but in this point I was working in a nursing home and I saw people that wanted to die every day and then there's this my uncle who passed away and I was mad I was mad at God I was just mad and my husband wanted to help me when you know we went to church together we met basically by going to a um, small group together and we met we stayed a part of that group while I was before we were married so I I knew God and I called on him when I needed him but I didn't have a relationship with him if that makes sense (laughs) so then I came to this very low point in my life um and I was just I was just lost I was just sad I was just not it wasn't good so we went to this church and the most impactful service I've ever been a part of um I carried a lot of shame because of who I was before I met Christ. Uh, a lot of guilt for decisions I had made, knowing that they weren't Which is godly. the devil. Yeah. Oh, shame is 100% from the devil. God does not work Mm-mm. in guilt. God does not work in shame. He, he works in grace. Which is so mercy. sad because that's why so many people don't <clears throat> go to a church. Right. Right. They, 100%. But that's just the devil trying to keep us from the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. So, we went to this church service, and they it was a Palm Sunday service, and I remember it like I'm sitting in the pew right now. 
they put this big wooden cross up there. And, you know, I'm like, looking around like, this is awkward. Who's going on the cross? <laughs> um, but they also handed out these slips of paper, and they did the sermon. But at the end, they said, um, you were given a slip of paper and a pen, and we want you to write down what you're carrying around with you. And I was like, oh, well. I can't let anybody see this. So I used code. Do you, you know, have like, invisible ink? <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like something that would be completely covered yeah. in the blood and not just yeah. this white slip of paper. So... I wrote a few things down. In my my heart said the words, my head said the words, but I just couldn't bring myself to yeah. to put them on paper. So, but I but I put down some um, of the things that I had been carrying around with me, and I walked down that aisle, the center aisle, and I went and nailed it to the cross. And I it as I used that hammer to nail my sins to the cross, I realized it was me. I. I nailed him to the cross with these sins and with the sin of holding on to this, the sin of not surrendering to him. And if it was only me, he still would have done it. Yeah. And that changed every, just that knowledge, just him opening my eyes to that changed everything. And it wasn't like a, this was before leukemia. But if that had not happened, oh, yeah. I would not have nearly survived leukemia the way I did. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as they said... It's leukemia. The old me, that's when he started changing me. You know, that's, I guess that's when, that's how I came to know and believe Christ. I had always believed in him, but I came to know him personally. You wanted that relationship. I did, desperately. Not the I, knowledge. Not the, not, not just, yeah, God is this person. So before I was miserable, how I came to know, the second point that Paul uses is verse 6 through 10, and he talks about his experience where he was turned blind and heard the verse of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So how I came to know and believe in Christ, I would say it started. It was a process, definitely. Yes. But it started there at, with nailing my sins to the cross. And then when that happened, it was slow. Um, it was a Bible study here, joining a church in Jacksonville. Uh, well, a different church. Um, growing with my husband. I had our first kids. And then when the leukemia thing happened, did uh, you, when the leukemia thing happened, did you go, why, God, why? Like, I, I started following you, and like, I was, I'm doing all the right things, and I'm growing in you, so, so why? Why? why Surprisingly, you, you never had the why. I didn't. You know what I remember telling my daddy? My daddy was so concerned. My daddy's a worrier. Um, and he was like, I can't believe this is happening to you. And I said... Daddy, I, I remember this. This is a direct quote. I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this. Wow. And that's wow. like me. I mean, that's like, that is, that definitely came. I had many, many, many God winks in that, in that situation. But that was one of them, just being able to relinquish the control yeah. of, I don't have to do anything here. I don't, I cannot save myself. I'm sorry. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah, we're recording. Okay, so... We've looked at the first two points that Paul uses as his example to give us give us testimony. My life in before Christ, how I came to know and believe in Christ. While that is a process, there has been change that I feel like leads us to point three. My life after Christ. So if you look at a comparison, um, you know, did a, a comparison chart, you'd see um, joyless, <laughs> miserable, controlling, um, attempting to do good to do right. 
uh, but failing miserably and just looking, searching, lost. And my life after Christ, Christ is is no better because of who I am, but it's redeemed because of who He is. He directs my paths. He asks me to come close to Him. He calms my fears. Worry is not really part of my life anymore. And that's not because I just, oh, everything's great. It's because I know that I know that I know that whatever happens, I can trust God. Mm -hmm. um, he's led me through good. He's led me through bad. And he's just always been there. I know that I can trust him. My ma mantra was even if during leukemia, mm -hmm. um, even if I die, I, I, I remember um, reading books to my kids. We had a VC uh, recorder. Mike got it out the night before I went in the hospital because I had to be hospitalized for three weeks. Mike got it out and um, I read books to him because I wanted to be able to read to them as they grew up if I didn't make it. Um, Mike sat behind the camera crying. And you were how old? I was 26. 27. Most people are out partying and living horrible yeah. lives. And so even in those moments, you never said, why? I didn't. Because you I just said. it was even if. I, my family, I couldn't go to church after, I, after we realized there was an issue because I had really low platelets, but also really low white blood cell count. And so I was at risk for... And all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Bleeding out if I got cut or had an accident. I couldn't be around fresh food, fresh fruit, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh flour because they carry bacteria. And so it could have made me extremely sick. So I was literally quarantined before quarantining was cool. <laughs> yeah. I was in my house. So my kids and my, and my parents were down and they went to church and I stayed and I was just doing like some gentle stretching and like calming my thoughts. And I was listening to worship music and I was laying on my yoga mat. And I can still feel peace that flew, flowed over me, just like this stillness and a gentle whisper, even if. And I just knew then that I didn't know the outcome. I didn't know if I was going to live, but I knew that it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I knew that my husband was going to be okay, that God was going to do with this situation what it was. And what, what I really feel like now looking back was that God moved me to a point of surrender. And, and even, trust. And trust, yes. And and in the surrender, I could trust because it was just him. I didn't Well, what else can control. you do? Sit around and worry? Right. I mean, I could have, but I wasn't going to get you You would have been back to, to what you were before Christ, which would be miserable. Exactly. And if he had not worked in me before then, I never would have been at that point, honestly. Isn't it crazy how he prepares you for the things that are to come? Yeah, so many times I look back and I see I that. I know he did that in my life, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. yes, he did. Yeah. Because I, I don't even want to, I know how hard it was during it with him. Yeah. To even fathom what it would have been like without, without, him. without him. Absolutely. I, I don't even know that I could. Function. Have, yeah. Have breathed without that help. Mm -hmm. Without, without knowing that he had prepared my heart for what I was going to go through. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even want to imagine that. I agree. I agree. I certainly, it would have been almost devastating. My yeah. my emotions would have been almost devastating. Yeah. Well, it's you like know, how could you? How would you get out of the bed? Right. 
And then also the, you had the children. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. So my life after Christ is, is trusting. It's not perfect. It's um, a daily remembering to surrender. It's a daily remembering that I don't have to be good. I don't have to be right. I just have to trust him and I have to let him, I have to be open to his movement. You know, I have to keep my heart in a place that's focused on him so that I don't get distracted by the world, that I don't get distracted by my own ideas, that I don't get distracted by the desire to care for my kids. Because that, I just spoke last weekend and it was about purpose and it was looking at the shepherds as an example for our purpose. Mm And one of my favorite things that I read um, in preparation for that sermon was the shepherds knew their purpose was to seek and find the Christ child. Their purpose was not their occupation. Their purpose was not to preach a sermon, to read a book, to write a book, to evangelize or to raise the kids. And how fitting is it of Christ's personality to bring the filthiest Yes. Oh. Of the earth, really, because that's what shepherds were. They didn't come in town. They weren't allowed to be around anything. And Christ wanted them present at his birth because that's the kind of love he has. Yes, and that's his story through this book, through the Bible. He uses the dirty, the outcast, the unlikely, the unqualified. And the devil is the one who says, you're not good enough. And I love that so much because those people I feel at home with. (laughs) <laughs> Those are I'm like, yes, I see that. Those are the ones you can be comfortable around. Yes, you know, because that's me. So yeah, I'm, I'm not the most learned. I'm not the most well-spoken. I'm not the most anything. But you love Jesus, and that's but all that matters. I do love Jesus. <laughs> and he uses the least, the least of these. He uses the least likely, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I just want him to use me, yeah. whatever that looks like. So, which leads us to the fourth point. That Paul shows us that we can use in giving our testimony or our defense. We've got my life before Christ was point one. Point two, how I came to know, believe in Christ. Point three is my life after Christ, which is verse 11 through 16 if you're in Acts 22. And then the fourth point is what Christ is doing in my life now. That's in verses 17 through 21. So with Paul... He says, in 17, he says, After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. And Paul goes back and forth with him like, No, I really got stuff here to do. And Jesus is like, Got something else for you. Get out of town. And he does. So that's what God was doing in in Paul's life at the end, what, what Christ is doing in my life after all that. So in me... I resigned from the youth position in May, and so I turned 39 in August. So this is the last year of my 30s. I'm taking it seriously. Um, but I'm taking it seriously. What I'm thinking, what I, well, I think what God has for me this year is to make myself a priority and to to focus on Him, not not myself over Him. Mm-hmm. To make my relationship mm-hmm. with Him a priority. I should quite clarify that. Um, so in doing that, this year, what my focus has been, what God is doing in my life now is not trying to do the next thing. Focusing on what's in front of you. Right now and my relationship with him. It's like I want to be like one of those race horses mm-hmm. and I want to put the blinders. the blinders on and I just want to see what's right in front of me. And I don't want to say no 
when it's something that and and saying yes to y'all is a, a honored yes and I feel like this is something that glorifies God through your podcast so I want to be a part of that and I want to support y'all so that was an easy yes but I don't want to keep thinking of my ideas and my plans I want to keep my eyes on him mm-hmm so that I can grow in who he needs me to be. I heard this prayer at a training that I went to, and I have prayed it often. Lord, change in me today what you must, so that you can do with me what you will in the future. Yeah, I love that. I want that. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, discipline is one of the, you know, things that I have been working on. Obedience, I said, told you last year was my year of trying to work on obedience. And I think it kind of, how did that go? (laughs) <laughs> I reestablished my quiet time in the morning. Yay. And I was obedient by walking away from that children's ministry position, even though I really didn't want to. Um, because I, I wanted to because I felt like that's what God needed. And we've had somebody step in who I think is doing a great job. And well, and then you were called to a whole other church. So right. Just and, and I've been able to fit in there. But so the obedience on my part, isn't perfect, but I'm just getting better to hear his, mm-hmm. getting better at listening for his voice. Well, I think sometimes when we are, just, like you're saying, you want to just focus on what, what is right in front of you. When, because I'm guilty of this so much, at times I'm focused, okay, like, all right, what, what's going on? Like, what's the schedule? What's, what's going on in our lives today, tomorrow, the next day, next week? What, you know, what, when do I have time for this? When do I have time for that? And then I miss out on so much that not just God is doing in my life at that moment, but like, What's going on in my children's life? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I'm just so focused on the getting things to come yeah. and getting it done and getting this day over with and, get you know, checking off all the things that we have to do just in general in life that I sit down sometimes and I'm like, the whole you know day what? The whole day's gone. The whole week's <laughs> gone. And what? I missed it. Like, mm-hmm. I missed those moments that I should have just clung on to. You know, I know for me, we, our pastor has asked us, uh, in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. to start as a church fasting. Um, and for me, fasting was not food because she's a freak and doesn't eat. Yeah. I'm, I don't. (laughs) So I was like, fasting food's not going to do anything. Do anything. Yeah. But for me, I decided to fast social media because I'm that mindless scroller that will get lost for two hours. And also buy things. Yes. <laughs> Ultimately, the fasting was so that I would not go shopping. But <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where it always led to. But over the last week, I've, I've been doing I've been fasting. I haven't been on social media. And the amount of time that I have put in my day of, like, <clears throat> constantly consuming scripture, constantly consuming sermons, constantly, like, it's like light bulb moments. It's like... She's wrote three devotions. I mean, it's he like meets you there. Things that are just he meets you in that space where you don't think a you light bulb goes off, yeah. and then you just it just pours mm-hmm. out of you. And those are the things that we miss in our day because we let culture and society flood busyness. Yes, busyness. Yeah. And you flood. have no idea how much that affects your mindset and how you think too. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, this leads me perfectly to my life verse. We talked about oh, it. Yes. Okay. So, I've heard the term life verse. And mine... Which we're going to steal, by the way. So, <laughs> let's give her the credit now. Well, somebody. I don't know. Whoever you are out there that said life verse, thank you. And also, here's mine. Um, Romans 12, 2. And I think that this just perfectly 
helps me look back on my life and see God work, but it also tells me that I, I'm not a work. I'm a work in progress. I'm not a finished product. Yes. Um, so 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I have lots of underlines and circles in that verse. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And because I don't, I don't, so much of your life, well, we, I have a middle schooler. My husband is a middle school principal. <laughs> I feel your pain. I, um, so much of our lives, and I think it starts like late elementary, early middle school, is you're just trying to conform. You're just trying yeah. to fit in. You're just trying to look like everybody else. We're not right called now, to look like everyone else. No. <laughs> right now, you know, middle schoolers just try to be dripping, apparently. Is that the new word? That's a, that's a thing in my okay. house. I don't know. Not, I don't I'm, I'm not up on the lingo. <laughs> but like, how do I use that? So, <laughs> so, it's hard to think. I don't have to want what everybody else wants. I don't have to... I want to people to look at me and What's different? think I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard somebody tell a story one time that she went through the Walmart line and I guess the cashier was having a bad day and she said, um, what's different about you? Mm-hmm. Because she was being patient. And, and I want that. That. I want people to say, what's different about you? Why, you want to stand why are you out doing this? in that way and not. Not that, oh, look how good she fits in. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. I've, I've always been a square peg in a round hole or whatever. Well, and I think we forget <laughs> to give God the glory for that a lot of times. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tried hard to put this into my life. I smile a lot. <laughs> That's just my personality. And when I'm in an awkward moment, I will smile. And <laughs> there's these places that I frequent, like the post office, to pick up my online shopping packages. <laughs> and every time I go in there... In the dollar store, too. They're like, Why are, you're always smiling. What are you so happy about? I'm like, I ain't, but Jesus, but Jesus is making me feel this way. I mean, like, and it's a lighthearted joke, but at the same time, it's the truth. And I like, I, I'm like, I'm a coffee fan. Like, I, yes, coffee is my, my love. Um, and I see those shirts that say I run on Jesus and coffee. And the beautiful thing is you don't even need coffee. But I need Just, Jesus. Yes, yes. I need Jesus. Every breath. Every breath. So, remembering, looking back over my testimony and remembering today what God is doing in my life, what Christ is doing in my life, He's going to keep working. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep working. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be layers that have to be peeled off. And there's going to be sin that I have to deal with that I don't even know is an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can be transformed because He will. Mm -hmm. He is faithful to His promises. He wants my attention, my affection. And he, in response, wants to change me so that I can know his will. And it, it promises right here, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm-hmm. When I look back over my life, 39 years of it, I can tell you his will was so much better than mine. Mm-hmm. I thought, maybe I'll adopt a few kids. He gave me five. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean... Most of the time, my, you know, that's saying, my hands are full. that foster train went off the tracks. (laughs) (laughs) But he gives you so much more than what your heart even desires. That, that is, is love, but love abundant. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so full 
and colorful. I, I heard something recently that said God's grace is that we woke up this morning, that we mm-hmm. don't get death mm-hmm. like we deserve because of sin. No, that's mercy. Mm-hmm. That's God's mercy that that we don't get what we deserve. But His grace is the color to our lives. And I love that oh, because good, yeah. a good sip of coffee, a beautiful sky. I love to look at the sky. Me too. And I point it out to my kids. And so now they come, Mom, you got to see the sky. I always look at the sky and I'm just like in awe of like how people could say that some boom happened or, I mean, it's so perfectly placed. He's such so, an artist. Yes. And so beautiful and so different every single yeah. time. Like how you could think that, I'm like, do you throw a, lots of Legos up in the air and everything just magically landed back out on the ground? In a castle shape. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't work that way. No. He puts everything into a specific order and right. just, can you imagine the imagination of God? Like you look at all of the crazy animals and the landscapes and, the and yeah. just like, I mean, yeah. his imagination it's, is just ridiculous. It is. And it's beyond, it's beyond our human minds can comprehend because we're so ordered and we're so controlling well, because controlling know our perspective. Yeah. yeah. Like we only know what we know. Yeah. Um, and then he knows all of that and more. And he made us with these differences that paints a beautiful picture every day. The people that you run into, it's like a mosaic. Mm-hmm. It's just, he is, he is the ultimate artist and he is, put us in each other's lives, which I'm very thankful Me for. Me too. We appreciate you coming on and sharing I do want to this. ask you one question while okay. we're sitting there talking. Um, and maybe this would be a question that we ask all the people that we interview. But when you get to heaven, if God's, if you got to heaven and God said, okay, you get one question. <laughs> I know that was like a mega bomb that I just dropped on you because I did not tell her that earlier. It just hit me. We are know ours. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. Let's, I, I talk about this all the time. But um, what do you think that one question would be? And take your time because we can cut out the dead space. I mean, you know, the things that come to mind immediately are like, why do people struggle? Why do bad things happen? But that's not what you're going to say when you're in the awe of Jesus. No, I'm not. <laughs> because it's not going to matter. And so... I don't know that I'm going to have a question. I think I'm, I think I just That's what I said. I will not be able to speak, but all I will want to do is, can you please give me a really big hug? (laughs) I know. I think I just want to lay at his feet. I just, I had Or can I just like touch your toenail? I hate feet, (laughs) but I'll touch yours. I I had this experience. Or if there's one thing that you want to know about. Like, is there one thing throughout, because there's so much to me in the Bible that like, he gives us a tidbit of the story. I want to like, know the full stories well, in the Bible. I yeah, want to like, know, know what, all what of the perspective. Yeah. What okay, happened so, to their life to get them to that point? Or like, well, I am doing the Bible recap right now, so just yes, forgive me. Her? Yes, but I'm in Job. Mm-hmm. And um, her explanation of El- Elihu, I don't is that how you say his name? Anyway, he's he's not one of the three friends. He's the one that comes along to be like, listen, I've listened to you, Yahoo's talking. You're all wrong. You're all sinful. I'm young, but I'm wise, so just listen to me. Anyway, <laughs> she says that Elihu's kind of a bully, and he he read Job wrong. So I guess I really want to know, like, God said in the beginning that he was righteous, so I guess that's one of my questions. Like, what's the true story with Job? But I think that... That's just because that's what's on my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Right. God is so infinite that 
the number of questions. I think that, that's, that's what I want to know. Like, when we get there and everyone gets in and, and like, are you going to have a question and answer part are of we like, eternity? Like, or when we get there, are we the just going to be all-knowing? Are we going to know it? Mm. Y'all know what my biggest I would concern. love to be smart for once. <laughs> Do you know what my biggest concern about heaven is? My biggest concern is like, okay, when we hit the pearly gates and he's going to talk to you about all the sins, like you're going to have to reconcile all your sins. Is that going to be like a moment where he like, he's Slashes. doing all of us simultaneously in our own spirit or it's like, he really going to call out in front of everybody else. Probably <laughs> when you were this old, you're old, you, you stole this from the store or like, I mean, like, I have thought about that. Like I have this big fear. Do you know every, how long it's going to take like, to play my video? Yeah, of course, like you're not going to care. I think but, you should just dismiss everybody. And just be like, like, this is something I need to deal with her about. <laughs> like, well, is he gonna like just, you know, like yeah, that's the one that I have thought about that before. My most recent concern, if I had a concern, <laughs> would be marriages in heaven. It just. Father, me. yes, like I don't but, want my own mansion. I want to live with this dude. I, I still I, want to know I, him as yeah. Husband. I want him to know that I'm still his wife. Yeah. <laughs> like I want our kids to know that. Yeah, like, Jesus, I don't need my own mansion. I can share. <laughs> we'll share. It's fine. <laughs> you can live in mine because it's gonna be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk to him about Adam because I feel like Adam got away with a lot. Eve took the brunt of the blame for that apple. And that's what I need to talk about. Because oh, okay. technically yeah. it says in the Bible that she was not around when he told Adam not to eat at that specific tree. So <laughs> therein lies the problem is that he, from the very beginning, was not the leader God called him to be because he did not instruct his wife correctly. Okay, before we get just off saying. on this tangent. Just saying. <laughs> well, speaking of marriages, though, I was just talking about marriage, and now you're talking about this. Mm. It was really enlightening to me to read Genesis, and after the apple happened, and it said that women are going to try to control their husbands. Yes. I'm like, this is our problem. This, it is. This, this, this was supposed to happen, and so now I can just chill out a little bit because mm-hmm. <laughs> sin makes this happen. Well, honestly, because if we're being honest, if that hadn't, like, we wouldn't need them, I feel like. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if we, if God didn't call us to submit to call them. Call us to submit to them and, like, we wouldn't need let them. them be authoritative, like, a lot of times... I feel like women are able to like do a whole whole lot on their own and so we kind of well, need to let y'all do it we need to let you lead us in it because it, we have a tendency to do it or do I see it where you're for you or do yeah. it. and I think y'all are very blessed to be very independent um a capable women so your perspective comes from that too but I also know that there are people out there that aren't don't have that kind of they need affection responsibility. Love and, and they it. need guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, not not one lesser or more, but different perspectives. And I think um, I need Mike for the balance that he gives to my life mm-hmm. because I can be too idea mm-hmm. oriented, and I can be too um, too much of things. I can I can go too far or not enough. I can be too passive. And so being each other's helpmate. Being each other's like sounding board. Like yeah, sounding board. The like leveler. The, we're yeah. levelers for each other because there's areas. He he says that we, he, since we started dating, has called us a team. Mm-hmm. So now we're just a big team, <laughs> like a soccer team. Yeah. But um, <laughs> because 
when I'm weak, he steps in and helps with the areas that I'm having trouble with. And then I do the same. And if, if we need to bounce. But the reason that works so well other. is because you both have such a strong relationship with Christ. Absolutely. Because that would not happen if you didn't. That's true. Absolutely. And I think that's something that Christ, if I was going back to that fourth point, that's something that Christ is doing in my life right now. I've always had a passion for kids. Always. It's just, I've always wanted to work with kids. I work with kids. I have five kids. I do all the, all the <laughs> all things the kids. kids. I genuinely love kids. But God's moving my heart in a direction where I care so much and I'm so passionate about families. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm passionate about marriages. Marriages coming together. It starts there. And if you don't have that foundation, it's so hard. You you can't imagine going through a rough season, but marriage itself can be a rough season. You know? For a lifetime. It can be. (laughs) And it comes and goes. Mm -hmm. And it's not just always one thing or always the other and you change and you grow together we also change as individuals absolutely and so if you're changing and he's changing it's easy to go in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction but if you're changing and god's here and he's your focus he's drawing you closer together as he Mm -hmm. you get closer to him the both of you but if one is drawn closer to god and the other one isn't it's hard but if we can if we can impact marriages for christ if our if my marriage can show somebody something about the character of God. Or even just the five kids living in your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Just show them. Yeah. That I forgive and I ask for forgiveness. I serve and he serves. And I accept his service because I know that he loves me and it's selfless. And so if we can impact marriages for Christ, if we can show people an example of how God loves us through how Mike loves me or if I can love him that way and I, I it takes a lot of prayer because I'm not that I'm not that kind of person I'm, I'm just not that good um, I'm going to love you today because Christ loves you but I do not love you <laughs> I mean you know some days it's like that but in the end divorce is off the table for us yeah. that's probably the best thing that ever happened to our marriage as we just said well, that's not, not an option. So. We're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a threat. It's not going to be a joke. It's not going to be something that we discuss. That word doesn't come up. It's not an option. The so in your marriage, do you feel like you two um, were moving at the same pace toward Christ? Mm, not or, necessarily or, or most of the marriage were, were one of you a little head and another yes. one caught up. And then yep. one of you passed each other. And Well, it, we pull each other up. I, and I will tell you that I started at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mike definitely had a relationship with God that I could not understand. But he loved me mm-hmm. like God loves his church, like God loved him. And he showed me that Christly example. And so I wanted to know more. You know, I always had the, the idea of God, mm-hmm. the belief in God. But, you know, then I went through some things and God changed me. And Mike's like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. What, how did... And, you know, he'll call me a prayer warrior. But that's because he, he has helped me. And so we just, you know, both are not at the same pace, not on the same time schedule or even in the same place. But it's just a... And then there's times where we have to say, look, I think this is effect, affecting your relationship with Christ. And we do. We're not just... Well, I don't want to fight, so I won't bring that up. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, because... 
there have been times where it was just a fight. It was it couldn't be taken mm-hmm. in love. But there are times where we say, okay, something's going on here. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or I say. Because if, sadly, if we don't do that, if we don't say to our spouse or our loved one, like, I think this is a thing, it spills over into your, you know, it, it just does. is going to spill over it into. affects your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Your walk with Christ, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hillary, we appreciate We got off on a really long Yeah, we did. Sorry, I told you. I go off like that. So do we. We're bad. Um, So you just got her testimony and a little bit of marriage advice. Bonus. But we love you. We appreciate you so much for being willing to do this. We want to give a shout out to Lindsay sitting on the couch being real quiet. My sister's in town, so she wanted to sit in with us. But... Just thank you for honoring Christ and being willing to do this. Well, I love y'all too. I love the podcast. I'm going to keep listening. I don't know if I can listen to yourself. Myself, oh, yeah, thanks. We don't like hearing our own voices You'll either. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. But thank y'all for having me, really. I enjoy well, yeah, talking to you. Please come back again very, very soon. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.